James Dave Scotland joining me as always. Go uh, counterclockwise, Tom McGill, Rick Legato, Dan Miller. Hello, hello. Good night. And uh, how are we? It's been a bit of a hiatus. We've been uh, technically wrangling our way into our new studio 3.0, mm. Studio Dan. Mm. Um, hopefully it uh, doesn't look too different to uh, what, where we were before. Yeah, all we had to do is move it 250 metres across from where it was to where it is. And all he had to do was unplug everything and then plug it all back in again. And Simple. Four and a half weeks later. <laughs> it might have been buying longer things, than that. Chucking things away, <laughs> buying the wrong thing. Yep. Um, but we're here. And uh, tonight we're having a look at a bit of classic cinema. Uh, another John Carpenter classic. We mm -hmm. seem to... Uh, we seem to be covering him quite a bit, mm. um, and I think it's because he's guilty of some pretty uh, uh, horrendous, uh, horrendously brilliant cinema uh, moments. Mm -hmm. And tonight we're looking at Escape from New York. Mm. New York. So, gentlemen, as as per usual, let's let's talk about how we found the film, and not as in how, how did, did you like it or not. I mean, how did you come across this film, and when was it? Dan, lead us off. I can't really remember. It could have been one of those late night. You know, movie nights, Saturday night movies that were on telly, or it could have been a VHS yeah. thing. Um, Definitely in the 80s, you'd say? Yeah, yeah. probably both. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure I've seen it, like, multiple times before I saw it. You know, we watched it recently. Uh, so, yeah, probably I'm saying VHS again, yeah. hiring on VHS, but potentially on TV as well. Yeah, the VHS had a co cover um, similar to this one. Uh, I was or similar to the one we're looking at there uh, with the red escape from New York text and the, the mm. head of the, uh, um, the Statue, of Statue of Liberty lying in the streets of New York. Mm. Geographically, <laughs> how it got there, we'll never really know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but it was totally New York in, uh, in its makeup. What about you, Rick? Um, I was about 12 mm. and a friend from school who, um, one of his family that was just a bunch of hoons for anything on two wheels, BMXs, motorbikes, whatever. They took me to my first driving experience because for them the big thing was there was a, I think some motorbike movie called On Any Sunday or something, I don't know. It was just a bunch of, as far as I could tell, just a bunch of motorbikes going over sand dunes and shit for like an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And the other film that they didn't care about but that I cared about was Escape from New York. Yeah. So this was about 1980. 81, 81, something like that. Yep. Um, so while they were all excited over the motorbikes, which had been the first film, I was glued in my first driving experience at what was Escape from New York. Yep. A very different so film. Sorry, at the driving. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah, it was. Great. It was awesome. Yeah. Was it? Was it? drive in with one of those little speakers you shoved in the window yeah, yeah. Or, or had they moved on to oh, no, no, this was clamping it onto your aerial for your internal radio um, actually no I remember we did some dodgy stuff with an antenna yeah I think it was like a, a coat hanger or something yeah, so yeah. We, we had to do some strange stuff <laughs> what did you actually go into the drive in or did you like break into the drive in <laughs> no this family actually paid um, <laughs> for once this family actually paid um, despite that, the fact they had about five boys or something yeah um, but, and it was just so interesting because they just they didn't care they came to see the motorbike film yeah the, the drive in always uh, um, confused me how it could be such a big family outing like big mm, families yeah. would go to the drive-in mm. but yet cars are so small in space mm. and so they 
lie out the back of yeah. the tailgate with chairs and blankets mm. and all this yeah, shit. Yeah, thinking, yeah. You've got to be more comfortable at home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it was kind of a bit of a ritual. It was like a nighttime yeah. picnic. Yeah. And there'd be other families over yeah. there and over yeah. there. And yeah. then there'd be like the play equipment and all the kids yeah. would run off over there. And, and then someone would turn the lights on and they'd go on the screen and everything. Yeah. <laughs> get on the horn. Yeah. Yeah. Just chorus and, of horns. And, and what was um, to me interesting at the time. Um, was that I realised um, I was probably the only ethnic kid in the whole drive-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just Anglos. Yeah. And I realised in hindsight it's because Wogs, there's no way we would sit out in the cold with a blanket <laughs> eating star popcorn. We'd be at home yeah. comfortable with a nice meal. Absolutely. It's, we, we borrowed the culture from America, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. yeah. Okay, my quick story, this is why I asked if you'd broken in. Uh, <laughs> so, I have a story. And uh, yeah, down down in I think we're down in Melbourne, and we decided somewhere, mates, we're going to go and break in and watch a, a movie. And yes, it was minus three hundred degrees, and we were all out and breathing steam, and yeah. we snuck out you know a hole in the bottom of the fence, and then we <laughs> we'd sneak up to to watch the thing. And then you know how they have the the heaters, the the, the thing, so we carefully unscrewed the light bulb so that we would so there's like these sort of commando ninja kids <laughs> lying on asphalt at, you know, minus 10 degrees. <laughs> Guffy toast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure we really got our money's worth when we... Uh, <laughs> when you broke in. Yeah, when we broke in. I don't think it was for free. It was like, it took a toll. <laughs> what about you, Tom? So when we watched that film a few weeks ago, I would have... Before, before we watched it a few weeks ago, I would have said, yeah, I watched it at some point in the past. I know the film. And then after we watched it, I realized I'd never seen that film before that's in my cool. life. That's not the first time that's happened to you. <laughs> no, but I think I must have seen Escape from L.A. or something, because I do remember Kurt Russell with the eye patch mm-hmm. shooting around. Yeah. But I don't remember. I, I have to stick, unless I got, yeah. Perhaps in a past life. Maybe. I, I, I just, I can't, I can't, I probably have to see Escape from L.A. again to see um, whether that's the film that I saw or whether it's, oh, no, maybe it must have been something completely is... Escape from LA is absolutely a reason why you don't do sequels. Uh, yeah, it's mm. so poor compared to this film. Even though this film is really simplistic, there's, there's not a lot going on in it. It is a masterpiece compared to Escape from LA. Yeah. I and thought Escape from LA, not that I've actually seen it, but I, I thought it was just like a remake. Oh like no. A soft remake. No, it's um, despite having Peter Fonda in it, whose classic line is, Surfs up, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah. they surf a, uh, a tsunami back yeah. into the mainland, up the dr- stormwater drain. It's a, it's the same thing, except California has broken off, mm. and it's become a bigger version, you know, yeah. bigger, a island. bigger island. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just all the stuff that's good in Escape from New York is absent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In Escape from New York. Although surfboard, surfboard is a good place to be, I think, if there's a tsunami. On a surfboard. Yeah, at least for the first. You know, ninety percent of the yeah. ride. Yeah, but that wasn't enough for Carpenter. He needed a surfboard and an Uzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to a combination that you don't see in film a lot. Yeah. I've certainly haven't seen it since. I don't know whether we'll ever see it again. Uh, it's it's like that uncanny valley. You can take it up to. You can take silliness up to a certain point, and everybody's along with the, for yeah. the ride. Yeah. But you're just one Uzi too many. Yeah. And you. Jump the shark. Yeah, you've jumped the shark. Yeah. Um, surf Nazis must die. Must die. Yes. If, oh, yes. if you want to see automatic weapons and surfing, that's oh, you know it from the yeah. title. I stand corrected, you're right. <laughs> you're right. 
there's a genre. <laughs> All right, so we're not going. We're going to break from tradition a little bit. We're not going to run through the narrative as strictly as, as normal, and uh, but we are going to sort of step our way through the the beats of the film and and things that stand out and and characters and things like that, and just sort of work our way through um, our experience of uh, Escape from New York. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe start with the tagline up there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can, can maybe make one, one slide somehow, I can certainly try. Uh, here we go. And the tagline is for those listening at home 1997. <laughs> the future. <laughs> the future. <laughs> New York City is a walled maximum security prison. Breaking out is impossible, breaking in is insane. I like it. It's not bad. I like it. Are they talking about Na Nauru? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Um, that's a pretty good one compared yeah. to some of the ones we've seen. This entices you to want to know more yeah. about it. Yeah, and it kind of links in with the title, which yes. is Escape from New York. So you've got break in, impossible, breaking, uh, break out is insane, or whatever it was. Break out is impossible, break in is insane, mm -hmm. escape from New York, yeah. Yeah, so it's... Um, and the movie posters, uh, when hunting for vision for, for, for the screen here, um, there is a plethora of uh, That's a good movie one. posters. This one is the, the classic to me. This is the one I remember mm. the most. It's, it reminds me of a video sitting on a shelf. Mm. Um, it, it, it's, it's a classic movie. Can you describe it for those listening at home? It's um, uh, a street with surrounded by New York uh, buildings, sky, New York skyline in the background. There are people running around with Uzis, baseball bats with nails hanging out of them, and a big uh, Statue of Liberty head lying uh, in the background. A headless Statue mm. of Liberty head uh, lying in the background. Which and, is um, something we never saw with them, do we? No. <clears throat> no. I mean, they're, 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 the, we are at the Statue of Liberty at the start of the film. Absolutely, But yeah. I think it's not headless. Yeah, I think the control centre is on... Liberty Island, yeah. Is it called Liberty Island? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And they actually filmed on location, which was the first time that a film team had been allowed to actually film on Liberty Island. Oh, really? They were quite yeah. nervous because they had a bomb attack a few weeks earlier, and... Mm. Oh, well, that's right. Abby was having a film. Was, that's where they blew up the basement of World Trade Center. Yeah, wasn't it? Was yeah. that 1980? Yeah. Oh, something. I like think that. it was in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Because there wasn't a lot of bomb attacks in New York to speak of. So anyway, that shot isn't actually in the movie. It's in some other movie though. Um, Is it really? Yeah, some other movie. Statue of Liberty on, on, on the beach of a movie with monkeys. No, no, that uh, actual yes. shot is yes, actually right. yeah, it's on the in that. Look <coughs> up, you idiots. Don't there's another the one. Um, some just uh, is it, uh, disaster movie. Yeah, the uh, day after. Uh, not the day after tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, it's it's one of my favourite films because I think it is the day after tomorrow. Um, it, it's, it's a new film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's not the day after tomorrow because that's a post nuclear film. It's um, no, it's not. The day after tomorrow is um, the weather. With the, the day weather. after. Yeah, yeah. That's the day after. Weather goes nuts. Which is the most nuclear film. The day uh, after is with uh, <laughs> um, was it Henry Fonda in that? Patrick Swayze? No, that's yeah. Red Dawn. <laughs> I'm getting really confused now. <laughs> yeah, but no, you are right. You just die after tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, they stuck that they stuck that shot into the into their film. Uh huh. Yeah. Ah, well done. Maybe as a homage. No, no, deli deliberately as a homage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of variations of the poster, but the Statue of Liberty head seems to be in most of them. Mm. Um, so it's signature for Escape from New York. 
So the movie starts on Liberty Island, kind of? Yeah, yeah. No, it's kind of a narration thing at the start, which tells us how we got here and what's going on. And And who's the narrator? Yeah, who is the narrator? I don't know. Who is the narrator? Jamie Lee Curtis. You're kidding? Yeah. (laughs) Not not credited as it, but she has, you know, she has Carpenter collaboration. This was before The Fog, wasn't it? Where was The Fog? The fog, I think this was I think is after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. was around the same time as I think Halloween. this is his first. Yeah, it's after Halloween, so she was already, uh, you know, yes. collaborating with him. Is that his second him. movie? Mm. What, yeah. uh, Escape from New York? That's yeah, after, it. after... Um, as a director, you mean? Um, we have we had, by this time, already had... Halloween. And... Uh, oh, yeah, there's, um, he, he had a lot of films. The Fog was immediately before this film. The fog was, oh, the fog was before. in eighty. He shot this one in in eighty one, and it is. I'm going to have to say it's about the twelfth movie as a director. Okay. Before and he shot this, there was Dark Star, there was Elvis, Halloween, and Dark Star. Uh, Elvis had Kurt Russell in it. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. where they uh, that's where they collaborated for the first time. Yeah. And where does Big Trouble in Little China fit in in, the, in that timeline? Uh, Big Trouble in Little it's China, nineteen eighty six. Yeah, right. That's yeah, later. five years later. And in that, in between there, you had The Thing, Christine, Starman, and then Big Trouble in Little mm-hmm. China. All of those quite successful Every films. single movie is suitable for a show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every single yeah, one of yeah. them. Absolutely. Yeah. We should change the name of the show. <laughs> yeah. The Carpenter, the Carpenter Appreciation, yeah. Appreciation yeah. Society. <laughs> That's a thing worth talking about. Those The graphics. Quote-unquote... Computer, computer graphics, graphics. yeah. I've got a photo, it'll, sh- it'll show up on the screen if you're watching on video, but basically the photo shows a miniature city of very fine little white, it's probably that photosensitive um, tape yeah. um, that they use to wrap their lightsabers, um, shows up on camera brighter, than, you know, like really, really bright. And they literally did all the windows and the edges of the buildings and the streets and the island and everything. And on screen, it looks computer. It yeah. looks computer generated. And it's not like they didn't have the computer graphics in those days already, mm-hmm. but they were just too expensive. Yeah, they didn't, mm-hmm. have, yeah. They didn't, didn't have the budget. Could have taken them weeks to probe, just to program. To yeah, make exactly. a few polygons. Yeah. Mm. We laugh at that today. So yeah, we're all, we start out on the island, which is a control center for. It's a prison we, tower. We yeah. find out that Manhattan in the in the opening credits. We find out that Manhattan has become. A, um, uh, a prison. Or a prison a, island. It is a prison island, and if you go in there, you don't come out. There's no parole, there's no escape, mm. um, and, and once you go in there, you're in there. And, and the prisoners are allowed to just fend for themselves. Yeah, it's an open-air prison. Yeah. And is it like a dystopian future where, you know, the world's all gone to crap? And Do we know why or how the world's gone to crap? Did I, they mention it at all? I don't think they mentioned it, but they, they meant, I mean, in some of the... Um, director cut making of things that I was watching. John Carpenter was saying that you know it's a dystopian future, you know, where war, yeah, war, Lots sort of, of war. constant war. Well, he's a soldier, all broken down. He's a soldier, yeah, that didn't play by the rule, yeah, <clears throat> essentially, because I yeah. think they make reference well, in the film to a mission in yeah. Canada, in Canada or something. Yeah, they yeah. they also filmed something that they cut out of the movie, which was Kurt Russell and a mate breaking into a bank. And getting, uh, and that's getting right. Caught. Yeah, yeah. Him and a bunch of mm-hmm. soldiers broke into Fort Knox or something, or tried to break into oh, Fort yeah, Knox. Oh yeah, yeah. That rings a bill. I think they actually referenced that later in yeah. the thing. Yeah, it was um, filmed, but they didn't. They yeah. Out in the end. And apparently that, that confused the audience. They didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Why are we watching this? And then when the, when it hit, um, 
the island. What's the island with the Statue of Liberty, Liberty Island, or whatever it's called? Yeah. That's when everybody clicked and everybody's like, oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, we know. What's and it going doesn't on. matter for the film why he's there. It, mm. it, you can't yeah. leave that. It's, yeah. You can leave that out. Yeah, yeah. You can leave that just as. I mean, you just know that he's a bad guy and he's on the wrong side of the law. You do want to. There's a bit of a problem with that in in the sense that I need to emphasize with the main character and I need to have something. You know, he needs to save the cat. He mm-hmm. needs to do something good. Mm-hmm. And he gets introduced as the bad guy, and I sort of struggle a little bit at the start with why he shouldn't just stay new. Why, you know, why don't do I care about him getting out again? Mm. He's an obviously a bad dude. He gets put in there. He might belong there. Mm-hmm. Well, there were a few people I was watching who were talking about that, about how his character kind of, I don't know, he endears himself to everybody. He's mm. like. He kind of, well, his character's kind of interesting. He doesn't, this is Snake Plissken, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. Yeah. Right? That's one of his features. Yeah. But he's still kind of slightly yeah. honourable. He'd yeah. probably still kill you if he had to. He comes from the tradition of the 70s, <clears throat> um, the spaghetti westerns. The good, bad, uh, yeah. the bad, good guy. They were describing it as a western. Mm-hmm. And, and, but it's he a western. Plays, well, he modelled the performance of Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. and yeah. he openly. And he openly admits to Clint Eastwood was a, a suggested for the role before Kurt right. Russell yeah, yeah, got yeah. it. And but you can see it because he, he <coughs> it's the same with Clint Eastwood. He might be a bad sort of a bad guy doing good things, but he still has more integrity than those around yeah, him. Yeah, and yeah. that's yeah. And Clint Eastwood, you know, he's fighting the bad guys and he's also fighting those pencil-pushing assholes yeah, at yeah. City Hall, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And Snake Bliskin is doing the same thing. Yeah, he's up absolutely. against the man, yeah. and he's also up against the bad guys. So yeah. he's got a squeezed in between all of those things. Um, Lucas describes it. Um, he, he, he describes that period of film because that's when him and a bunch of other directors got their shot mm. um, because a lot of the uh, corporations were taking over the family... Mm. Um, studios mm-hmm. that had been in the family for you know decades, and they were giving a lot of young directors uh, chances. And th- there was a very disillusioned society because of the Vietnam War and, mm. and no trust in the government. Nixon and all this other shit was going on, and so you had this anti-hero, mm-hmm. and you had the Charles Bronsons, you had mm. um, uh, uh, Clint Eastwood's Dirty Harry characters. They're all the same. They're, mm. they're they're bad good guys. Mm. Right? They're mm. good guys at heart, but they do it in a bad way and they kick a lot of ass along the way. Mm. Well, this character is absolutely mm. fits that model, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and that's another thing, yeah. The, the, the story was kind of written in um, Nixon era when... And, you know, John Carpenter was explaining it then, which was a nice piece of insight, that, you know, he felt that the whole country was disillusioned because the president turned out to be a crook. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that actually had this sort of rippling effect through everywhere that everybody was like, oh, man, that kind of sucks. And he wrote the script pretty early after the Watergate thing mm. and uh, couldn't sell it. Nobody wanted it until mm. he became more famous with Halloween and then uh, could make his other movies. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, And for the audiences at the time, this is now the, you know, the good times are over. Mm. This is the A's where the recessions are starting to hit. People yep. are being laid off. Mm. You know, it's the beginning of what's become normal f- for us. Mm. But yeah. for then it was new. So the audiences were ready because they start to become mm. yeah. very disillusioned. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so let's just take a, a quick sidestep here and talk about this, the cast. Mm. As we yeah. move forward, we're going to be mentioning some of these people. 
Um, Kurt Russell uh, played Snake Plissken, the, the main character. Lee Van Cleef, mm. classic mm. actor, brilliant actor. Screen presence is fantastic. But uh, I remember him the, the most from those um, the from those spaghetti westerns, yeah, the yeah. Sergio Leone movies. Uh, Good, the bad, the ugly, yeah. Fistful of Dollars. Um, brilliant. He's just brilliant, brilliant actor. And he plays a good part in this because he's mm. a real asshole mm. yeah. in this as well. But he's in charge of the police force. He does Shank. asshole well. Mm. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the bad in Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. And his his character's name is Hawk, spelled H A U K, of course. Um, Ernest Bergnine. Yeah. Wow. And I pretty much watch any film with him in it. Yeah. I, I, I have to admit, <laughs> he's brilliant. Um, he's always up to no good. I, I remember in the old series, the um, Mikhail's Navy. Navy. Yeah. He was, he was always conniving. He was the, the the guy that was always up to uh, the scheme. Yeah. He was a real schemer. And and he was the first Sean Bean. He's the one that used to die in every film. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You yeah, can guarantee. Yeah, yeah, I was watching, what was it? Um, the, All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ernest Borgnine in yeah. it. And it's like, yep, he's going <laughs> to die at the end. I think he died in Poseidon's Adventure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, um, Fire. Yeah, he was, he was in a lot of those disaster <laughs> movies. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get Ernest Bergnine. Um, uh, Donald Pleasance yeah. plays the president. Yeah. Um, another actor that has an incredible lineage. Isn't he mm. Blofeld in Bond movies? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he plays, yeah, yeah. He plays a really good Bond. Yeah. One of the best all-time Bond villains, yeah. I think, is, yeah. is Blofeld with the cat. And he's yeah, in yeah. Halloween. Mm. He's the yeah. psychiatrist yeah. in... Um, Halloween. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. Carpenter yeah. does like to reuse his actors once mm. he's made friends with them. I, I reckon it's it's a team, you know, it's yeah. like a company, but yeah. everybody Tarantino kind of, they all well. disperse yeah. after a, a thing's finished, yeah. and then when something's happening again, everybody gets the call. Yeah, Spielberg does the yeah. same. Yeah. He, he keeps a stable. Um, <clears throat> a what's his name uh, that was married to Madonna, um, who did Snatch? Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie, he keeps a, mm. a similar stable of characters that he likes to... Uh, uh, used quite a bit. Um, Isaac Hayes, <laughs> yeah, that's who played Chef yeah. on South Park. Yeah. Uh-huh. He also sang the song Shaft. Yeah. Mm. You know, that real one. <laughs> I love it. From um, um, Shaft. Shaft. But also, um, there's another SWAT. SWAT. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he wrote the music and compiled the music for SWAT as well, which is also a real <laughs> funky sort of uh, guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he plays a cool character in this. The Duke, he's yeah, the main yeah. bad guy in New York. He's mm-hmm. the most feared character in New York. And I think yeah. drives Until one of the you see most... His car. Yeah, one of the <laughs> Once most... Once you see his car, you lose a bit of fear. But one of the most all-time uh, outrageous uh, vehicles in film history yeah. is his car. Yeah. Because he's got ha- chandeliers hanging off the front. <laughs> yeah. Crystal it's, chandeliers. It reminds me of Mad Max so much. Yeah. 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 Mad Max with a real, really unique <laughs> flavour spun in there. Um, and then further down the list, who have we got there? Um, Harry, Harry Dean Stanton. Stanton. Yeah, Harry Dean yeah. Stanton. So he's in Alien, right? Is it Alien? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Paris, Texas. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, quite a, quite a, a lineage. Um, Tom, so he plays Brain. Yes. Which is like the in outsider, the... I don't know, the scientist, the prisoner scientist who's, you know... He's, he's refining fuel. Yeah. Um, he's got a... <laughs> He's made a home inside the New York City Library, and then and he in the background, a, he's one of those oil things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a Derek, it's got a Derek on it. Even yeah. in prison, he wears something that reminisces of a lab coat. Always this white, yeah. that's a long jacket that he's wearing. And he's kept alive because of his brains by yeah. Uh, yeah. by the Duke. Yeah. He's even given a girlfriend by yeah. the Duke, who's uh, a bit of a sort. That's um, 
What's her name? What's her Adrian? name? Adrian? Uh, yeah, Adrian. Adrian? Yeah, yeah. Babo. 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 Who was uh, married to John Carpenter? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. She's been in a lot of I don't know if she well. was married to him at the time, but. She's definitely been in a lot of films as well. Tom Atkins, he's been in a lot of films. He's, he plays more second in command for the cops. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's and and there are other people that sort of pop up and you recognise their faces. Um, <clears throat> another worth worthy mention, I guess, on the crew. Ah uh, yes, is James Cameron. Oh really? Yeah, we've got a photo here. What's his role? He. Um, oh, he did map painting. He was a map painting yeah. artist. Oh. And well, uh, oh boy, I'll show a photo. He probably also composed the music again. I assume, <laughs> not knowing. So. Um, I wasn't aware that he was that painting um, artist, but sure enough, that's James Cameron. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah he's a painter. He does all his concept sketch drawings for his for his films as well. He sometimes gets additional concept artists in there, but he's on on the same level with them. I knew he worked in a in a like a creature shop, like a model shop, mm-hmm. um, and worked on a lot of those swamp monster type movies yeah. and stuff like that. That's that's how we met Gail Hurd, who was a producer. And it was her connections and her, f- and I think what what happened is he stepped in to take over from a director who left a production because he was so savvy with all of it. He, mm. he learned the lights, he learned so much about it, and he just took over the project. Um, and then she said to him one day, "Look, if you want to direct, go away and write something that's so good they have to let you direct it." And he did. He wrote Terminator. Well, so Carpenter made Terminator. No. Cameron made. Cameron made. Who did Terminator 2? Cameron. Cameron as well. Okay, oh, sorry. Yeah. Got these names. And then he left the franchise and concentrated on Titanic. Yeah. Started making billions of dollars per movie after that. Mm. The Abyss. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's it. <coughs> the Abyss. And that's what got him into the scuba diving. Yeah, he, he sort of makes a film every five years. Mm. He, he's got a really relaxed <laughs> sort of work ethic when it comes yeah. to movies. To fund his um, scuba diving interests. Yeah, he yeah. does that. Yeah. Uh, doesn't he go to the bottom of the ocean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a crazy. I, I, I heard some story that on that trip, when he goes to the bottom of the ocean, the next day he was at an award ceremony for some film. And to get him there, they had to pick him up with a helicopter from the submarine. He would have flown the fucking helicopter him across the the country, and yeah, with eight hours, eight and a half hours later, from being at the bottom of the Ariana's <laughs> trench or whatever, yep. he's walking around on a red carpet somewhere, collecting some awards in a suit and a tie. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Snake Bliston turns up on uh, Liberty Island, and he's <clears throat> um, quickly ushered into. He's there basically as a prisoner, and he's been. He, deposited into the plan being he's done something wrong he's turned up he's ready to go in there but then he gets ushered into an office and um to talk to lee van cleef's character so what's the uh, contents of that communication well there's a bit of a backstory that we see mm-hmm. right and that is that they're what is it the president's airplane yes, airport yeah, one, one, yeah. or whatever yeah is flying along happily filled with all of the big wigs and then some crazy person is turns out to be the pilot is a crazy person who's yep part of some terrorist organization and basically crashes the plane mm-hmm. um, but the president escapes in his escape pod yep and lands basically in the prison mm. in in New York in, somewhere. yeah so um, that's the backstory and 
He also has with him the tape. Mm-hmm. He has some very important tape in a briefcase. And also the president has a... Um, handcuffed... Uh, in the briefcase is handcuffed yeah. to him, but he's also got a sort of a detector band on his arm. Around his wrist. <clears throat> and the cops go in, um, they've tracked him, they know where he is, mm. so they get in helicopters and they go in, and uh, when they find the capsule, it's empty, Yep. And then we're presented with one of the classic characters from the film. Who also looks like he's out of Mad Max. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. The crazy frizzly hair dude. Yeah, he reminds me of uh, Sting's character from Dune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Except yeah. his teeth are sharpened. Yeah. yeah. And he's got, yeah, the way he delivers his lines in this film yeah. is worth watching the film just to yeah. see these guys do it. And he's got a really funky gait to his walk. Who's the actor? You know? Frank, um, Frank Doubleday. Yeah, I've never heard of him. That's Romero, isn't it? That's the character? Yes, that's about? definitely yeah. him. Um, and he delivers the uh, ultimatum to the cops. You know. and you're not in the air in three minutes. Uh, no, third, what is it, 30 seconds. You're not in the air in 30 seconds, he dies. Yes. Um, if you're not in the air in 30 seconds, no. Um, we cut off pieces, send them back to yeah. you. Know, and he's, he keeps giving them further and further ultimatums. Actor, actor f- died this year. They freak out and run back to the helicopter and take off. And doesn't he have one of the president's fingers? That's right. He reveals the finger. Yeah. He reveals <laughs> that uh, he actually has. They've chopped off one of the president's fingers with the presidential ring on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. So the cops freak out, get in their helicopters, and fly out. So now we're we've got the backstory as to why they need to talk to Snow. They need somebody else to go in and yeah. rescue the president and get him out of there. Yeah. So they ask um, Snake Pliskin. Which is a pretty awesome name. Yep. Did anybody find the trivia on where that came from? No. No. There is an actual person in the world named Snake Bliskin. Is there really? Oh, really? Yes. And he was some school bully who actually had a snake tattoo somewhere on his body that he could wiggle. But not coming out of his front <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, this film. Coming out of his underpants. <laughs> the big snake. Um, so yes, there was actually some schoolyard bully named Snake Pliskin. Yeah. I only know the, the, the trivia that after this film, the, uh, the main character in the Metal Gear Solid. Um, Solid Snake. Solid yeah, Snake. Yeah, it's based, <laughs> on, it's based on this yeah. guy. Yeah. 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 Oh, the main character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snake. Snake. That's why they look alike. Yeah. 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 And I think he has a. Um, in one of the stories, Solid Snake uses a code name which is Pliskin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. We're going to send in Snake, yep. but um, well, the plan is, is Snake uh, a, a good, a good character and a good charity person who'd love to go and help out the government? No, he doesn't give a shit, and, <laughs> and he doesn't want to participate. And um, so he's. And they know that in advance, so they first of all take him to the doctors. Well, they they offer the um, pardon. They they say that if you do this for us, um, you get a pardon. You can walk away scot free, mm. um, which is all he needed, really wasn't it? It didn't take much negotiation. Then they take him to the doctors, and what do they do at the doctors, Tom? They give him a bit of a checkup. They inject him with Quick. something. Yeah. Like a, I guess... <laughs> Two injected things <laughs> in his neck. Yeah. Or like, like <laughs> Frankenstein. I guess he thinks it's an in, uh, immunization or something. Yeah. So afterwards they tell that they infected him with some radioactive deteriorating brain exploding device yeah okay. that it has two little bombs exactly 24 hours exactly yeah. not earlier no it's a, it's a it has to be hours there's only a 10 minute fine. window at the end of 24 hours for them to deactivate uh, yep. this thing before it, it leaches into his body and kills him so there's our narrative ticking clock they give him a ticking clock yeah it's a, it a literal ticking clock they give him one and that's got to yeah yep. got to wear that <clears throat> so what's the plan Rick, what's the plan? What? Yeah, explain me the plan, please, and how it was going to 
resolve itself if everything had gone well. Yeah, um, they had to sneak him in quietly mm-hmm. so we didn't get the trap, so they couldn't fly him in. in a and he used to be a pilot. Yeah. He used to be a pilot. Yeah. So they'd get him on a glider. That's right. Mm-hmm. That, I forgot. And he had to have experience on that yeah. glide, that same glider. Yeah. And how big is that glider in, inside? Yeah, it's how many people fit yeah, in It's a one-man shot. <laughs> with his knees up to his ears, right? He sits in <laughs> that thing. Okay, continue. Yeah. What's the plan? And he <laughs> no, 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 no. He's disparaging this plan. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they actually selected the right glider for the job uh-huh. that could carry one one Pliskin and one President. <laughs> How could it do the other thing? They were going to strap him to the top. <laughs> He's going to hold know. on with his hand. You've got to get handcuffed to the glider on the outside. <laughs> I don't know. I assume down the back somewhere there was a little storage compartment where they're going to stuff the President <laughs> in the back there. Yep. Like a little Eskimo woman in the, in the bottom <laughs> of the kayak. Yeah. And he has to land on a certain rooftop. Yeah. Yep. One of the trade towers. Yeah. And uh, that's it. Yeah, he was, he was. And he's got a radar detector. Beep, 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 oh, beep, that's beep, right. To track, to track, track the bracelet. The yeah, <clears throat> the president's bracelet. And then they give him an Uzi with a silencer. Yeah, and this and, and, and this telescopic sight. Yeah, that would be extremely helpful. Yeah, with an with Uzi. An Uzi with <laughs> yeah. In case he needed any long, yeah. you know, sniper shots with his Uzi, and, and have yeah. about a ten meter range, <laughs> yeah. and four miles so, uh, scope on top of it. And he's supposed to get the glider back out, isn't it? That's the plan. I think that's he's the plan. gliding out from the top yeah. of the World Trade yeah. Center. Yeah. He then yeah. glides back down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where did he launch from the first place? He he, that's he, a good point. he got towed up. No, he got towed up. Towed up. Cessna that towed him up. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Did we see that? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was definitely a Cessna. I just forgot. Okay. Okay. Move on. So then, what happens? He he has to wander around New York City, following the boop 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 machine yep, yep. until he finds the president. We at also the other see. End. Well, he finds we the capsule see first. Beforehand, we see a botched escape. There's people trying to escape from from New York, right? On a, on uh, a, on a raft. We do too. Yeah. Prisoners who yeah. try to swim across the mm-hmm. the ocean and, and get spotted by helicopters. And, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and they get blasted, gunned down like this. One, they get one man. chance, don't yeah. they? <laughs> Turn around. Two strokes. <laughs> <laughs> you get mowed apart. Yes, it so was the harder times in the. That's that's the cost of disobedience uh, for the for the audience to understand the, uh, the despera- and the desperation, I guess. The rules. Of the people inside. They want inspired Australia's border control. Did I say? <laughs> <laughs> On record. So he finds the capsule empty. Yeah, um, but they'd already found that. The, they, 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 they knew it was empty. Windows. Yeah. Um, but where does he find the uh, bracelet? Uh, he finds it down in, in the basement of a theatre where there is a show going on. Yeah. yeah. A couple of guys in dresses yeah, yeah, <laughs> singing yeah. some tunes. Yeah. Um, in an old theatre. And in the audience is uh, the Ernest, Ernest Borgnine character, the cabbie. Yeah. And uh, we see him for the first time. And he notices and recognises mm. Snake. So... Snakes, um, I think he's a powerful character in the narrative because we get to understand that Snake has a reputation mm. through Cabby. Yeah, and other people. He's famous. Mm. Everybody yeah. kind of knows him or yeah. knows about him. Yeah. And what's the other the other famous shtick that everybody has to that everybody has with him? Everybody thinks he's dead. That's uh, right. Oh yeah. When they see him, they're like, "Snake Pliskin, yeah. I thought you were dead." <laughs> you know, which is the other cool thing because that means he's always up to something. You know, he's always up doing something dangerous and risky and crazy. So yeah, yeah. So they find the bracelet strapped to a bum. Yeah. Um, getting beat. A bum that seems to be happy getting beaten up down <laughs> 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 in some basement somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and so he comes out and he reports in, I think at that point, to yeah. say that I found the yeah. bracelet, no, we're done. no president, yeah. we're going, get, get, me, out of get here. me out of here. And they said, no, you've got 24 hours, come back with the president or don't come back at all, we don't care. Yeah. yeah. So the game is afoot. So what does he do then? He has to go, he hooks up with Cabby, with Ernest Borgnine, the Cabby. No, we don't see the Cabby for a little bit. He does go hunting around a little bit and then we start to see some strange guy coming out and tapping on all of the uh, manhole covers. Yeah, the cannibals. It's like a signal and then all of these people start to come up through the manhole. And, it's and they like turn zombies. into a horde, sort of like zombies. And he runs away from the horde, and they chase him around in a building. He gets hides in a building. Yeah, yeah. some chick meets gets, the girl. Yeah, and that, that girl is his wife. That's yeah. actually his what? The carpenter's uh, Kurt Russell's wife. Must yeah. be his first wife. Well, I don't know how many wives he's got. Well, he's been married to Goldie Horn for nearly thirty. Yeah, they're actually not married, but yeah, they've been yeah. together for. I think Kate Hudson's. But dead, she's dead yeah, he's, he's he's got a son with with. Uh, Susan Hubbley, who is the girl that you meet there. So I don't know if they were ever married, but they certainly have a child. Yeah, well, there you go. And she gets eaten by zombies. And she gets eaten. Dragged down through the floor, mm-hmm. and he runs through the building and jumps through some windows and things like that and manages to get away. But ho- the whole time losing gear all the time. So I think he's lost his tracker by that time. Mm-hmm. In that chase, he loses his tracker. He's still got his Uzi, mm-hmm. but he loses his tracker. So now he's got to use the old-fashioned way of trying to track down the... Uh, President. And Ernest so, Borgnine saves him. Yeah, he saves him when he's being chased by the zombies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So With a Molotov cocktail yeah. out the sunroof. <laughs> yeah, Ernest yeah, Borgnine says, you know, you're in a dangerous part of town. I only came down here for the show. He doesn't break exposition the whole time. He's lighting a Molotov yeah, cocktail. Yeah, yeah. And he's talking, he's catching up with him. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you were supposed to be here. Yeah, when yeah, he's yeah. Lighting it. These things are really expensive. <laughs> he's a really cool character in this film. So they make a, a getaway, and then Snake's a, a, because he's so knowledgeable of New York, Snake's able to get a lot of information out of him, and he's back on the trail. He says, "The Duke's got to have him." Yeah. Uh, everybody knows the Duke's got him. Yeah. The president. Yeah. So now Snake knows where he's got to go. So doesn't he go to see the brain first? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because because uh, he says, "I want to see the Duke." He says, "No one just goes to see the Duke." Yeah. You got to go through the gatekeeper. Yeah. yeah. So he goes and sees the brain, who's in the National Library with the oil pump or whatever, and he's, he's making all the fuel that runs the place. Yep. Um, and he knows Snake. They have history. Yeah, they, they have, have history. history. And it's bad history. Yeah, yeah. He's the done one, He stitched Snake yeah, up. Yeah, that's right. He stitched him up. That's right. Yeah. So he's now in this sort of begging situation where he's like, you know, don't kill me. Because he's a weasel. Like, he's he's yeah. that character all the way through, isn't he? He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's flipping sides, left, right, yeah, and Yeah, yeah, always trying to play one against the other. And he's always trying to just survive. And, and double cross. Yeah. And, yeah. I told him to say that. And, you know, he's yeah. always trying to get out of trouble. Um, but he plays that character really well. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what happens next? Um, they come up with a plan to... They're out in the street at some point in the cat in the convoy of chandelier right. laden limousines turn up mm-hmm. um, to see Brain and they'd had already left the building. They were across the street heading for the cabbie's cab. Okay. And that's when D- Duke and the boys turned up mm. um, and the cabbie took off yep. and left them for dead. So they had to steal yeah, right. they had to steal one of the 
limos. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, they killed one of his guards or yeah. something or other and stole one of his limos. Yeah, and, yeah. Sp and sped off. Um, with the plan to beat him back. That's right. Beat the Duke back to the hideout and grab the president. Yeah. yeah. Which didn't go too well. Yeah, yeah what? what the well, the president was on a train. That's right. The train was on, not on the rails yeah, or anything. It was stationary. Like, yeah. And um, it was being guarded by about 50 guys. And the plan was to send Brain... Brain to talk, to sweet talk yeah. in there and try and bullshit him. While Snake came in the back, yeah, yeah, back door yeah. and tried and, and it didn't. Yeah, yeah. And Brain was... Because yeah. the... Brain was saying, yeah, can I come in? And yeah. they were saying, no, you can't come in unless you got permission from Duke. Yeah, the Duke. Yeah, okay. And at that point, I think Snake gets shot in the leg with a crossbow. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And knocked out. Yeah, yeah. So he gets captured. Yes. Yeah. All right, so then he's in the the bad guys. And then I think he has to go into, um, they put him in the Thunderdome. Yes, he has to fight um, in, in the death match. Yeah. Um, so Duke wants a bit of inter entertainment. Yeah, and and notice the pace at which we're we're going through the film. Mm. We're not missing anything out. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of character development going on at all and stuff. We might have missed out a few president bits where they're just hassling the president. Yeah, you know, they're shooting yeah. like crossbows. He's stuck to a wall. They're trying they're... to shoot the the handcuffs. Yeah, with his, yeah. With snake's gun, but that's about it. Um, but yeah, he has to fight a very large man. Um, the guy played the bodyguard. Of, there he is. There he's a gigantic that's right. beard, and he's like, you he's, know, eight foot tall. Or I something think his rather. name's Tiger Man or something like that from the old Buck Rogers series. Yeah. I had a, a little figure of him uh -huh. um, from the original Buck Rogers. Feed. He was the princess's the, the the bad guy in the original Buck Rogers was a princess. Um, and her minions, and her private guard was that guy. Okay. And he's a menacingly large man. Ox, yeah. Ox Baker is the name of the actor. He's a huge guy, <laughs> really, really big man. And he was quite rough with Kurt Russell in the in the set. He was throwing him around, and Kurt Russell got hurt and asked him to, to tone it down a bit. Yeah, yeah. And it only happened after Kurt Russell kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. And then the guy went, okay, I'm gonna take it. Carpenter's story wasn't, no, it wasn't kicked in the nuts. He said something like, you know, the guy was beating up on because they were having a fight, right? So, the, but he was just getting a bit too energetic, and uh, Kurt Russell was sort of saying, oh, "I'm going to get pretty hurt here." So he needed to tell the guy to calm the fuck down. And yes, it was accompanied with a light punch in the groin, a light <laughs> punch, which just reinforced that he was serious. <laughs> and I like Ox. You know, I don't know what the story was, but I imagine Ox was like, you know, Kurt comes up to him, this little guy. You know, yells at him and then gives him a light little punch in the groin and then Ox is like, oh, I'm with you, okay. <laughs> I think the death scene, like, obviously, um, Kurt Snake wins the fight, but the manner in which he wins the fight is, is a really rem uh, memorable demise for a character. He gets hit in the back of the head That's right. with a baseball bat that has a three-inch nail hanging out of it, and he lets go of the baseball bat and just stays stuck in the back of the guy's head. And it's the noise. There's a real, on a good sound system, you can hear the chock. There's a, there's a real chock value to the, to the, to the noise when it, when it strikes. There's a, there's a shot there with the snake coming out of his um, belt line, snake, his snake tattoo, tattoo yeah. his snake tattoo. So and he wins a, the fight. It's interesting, the, the, as you see sometimes here, and you have the pictures up there, you see the posters. 
and you see the German poster with the German title, which is always funny because they never get the title right. Yeah. This what? snake that's coming out on his belly is a is a is a cobra. Yeah. Right. The German title of the film is Die Klapperschlange. Which well, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds awesome. It's the rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's not. <laughs> That's the, the rattlesnake. You can't see the rattlesnake. Who knows that that is Escape from New York? But there you go. Yeah. Yes. Say it again in German. Die Klapperschlange. <laughs> that's, a, that's a poor one. Everything sounds cool in German. What's, what's the word for butterfly in German? A Schmetterling. Schmetterling. We can do a whole show on that. Next time we do a show, let's bring our lists and Tom can uh, translate our lists for us. Um, all right, so oh, no, no. What, the, the important thing, what happens? The important thing after he chocks the ox dude in the back of the head and then ox goes down, there's another important thing that happens. The crowd starts cheering, you know. Yeah. Please, yeah, yeah please that's right. The, 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 crowd, the crowd turns yeah. Yeah. Uh, in his favour, and yeah. Duke's not Duke's happy. not happy with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, I think in the background, doesn't Brain disappear with the president? Because the Brain knows that there's a glider on the roof. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He's always wheeling and dealing to try and escape. So, yeah, his his idea is to grab the president, go and get the glider, and then he can get out in Snake's place. Mm-hmm. Him and the missus. Mm-hmm. All right. And then they go up to the top of the tower. Because uh, Duke and the crew, they take off and leave Snake. Snake is able to escape with very little uh, effort because everyone's left. They all took off after after Brain. But they all head up the top of World Trade Center next to get onto the glider. That's where Snake catches up to them because they don't. the Duke doesn't know that they're on top. But they end up in a big fight up there. There's a whole bunch of crazy people up there. They were already... Um, that's that's co- coincidence. They were just oh, there. Just they were just zombies. Running around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They found this, yeah. the, the, the plane and were... And they were trying to way. hack the cable that was anchoring the plane. Because the plane... Snake happened to leave the plane um, perched. Because when, when he landed the plane, it was that whole cliched Hollywood yeah. stop right on the very edge. Exactly like in Firefox, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. iceberg. With the, the air anchor, uh, with the cable anchor. Mm. And that's what they were hacking through. And sure mm. enough, they go through it. And it falls off. Falls off, um, crashes to the ground. And now they have, um, they've got to go back down to the ground and try and get out some other way. Yep. Then Duke and the boys are waiting in the foyer. Yeah. There's another plan to get out, though, that has been, I think, long-standing, which was to go across one of the bridges. Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, across one of the bridges. Because Brain has a map. That's right, where the mines are. Where the are. mines are. Yeah, the bridges are mines. Which turns out to be a completely useless fucking fabrication. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know where any of the mines are. And, and he's going, go left! No, I said left! <laughs> Bang! Oh, okay, maybe it was right! <laughs> Three times I think it happened where the map was just completely wrong. So there's this really cool scene where they're like herbing down this derelict old bridge and there's sort of debris all over the place and the cars are smashing through the debris and stuff's going everywhere. And Duke in the in his limo with the chandeliers attached to the front is like chasing him down the bridge this high speed and then they're trying to dodge and weave mines and there's explosions going off. Well there's an explosion that tears the cab in half. Mm. Just the two yeah, people literally. in the back, <laughs> yeah. the two people in the front. The cab gets exploded. No shrapnel. There's, there's no, you know, probably the worst mine ever if it, if it can surgically cut a cabin up but not actually kill any of the occupants. It did. Yeah, Ernest Borgnine. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 did too. Cabby, cabby bought it in yeah. the explosion. Yeah. He did too. Um, just a quick side sidebar here. 
that scene of them charging across the bridge and, and all of that, that is what inspired me to make the first computer game that I ever made. Oh, really? Yes. My dad helped like Frogger. me. Frogger. Yeah, my, yes, kind of like Frogger, exactly. My dad helped me make it um, because he was a computer engineer at the time and I was just a little bit too young to do it myself. But, yeah, essentially there was this kind of squiggly bridge that would just keep keep cycling down from the top of the screen. You had a little block, which was the car, and then the, if, you, if your block was off the bridge, you died, yep. and there were mines on the and bridge. you could go left and right. Yeah, yeah, line. you could go left and right. So yep. all your controls were left and right to That's keep it on the bridge. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was totally inspired by this movie <laughs> to make that. That's yeah. awesome. Was that on this year's Commodore 64 or something? No. no. Vic 20. No. Atari. Commodore Pet. No, I don't want to go Everybody listening at home, open up a new tab, <laughs> type in a pet. My dad's still got the actual machine in the garage. Oh, it's a gigantic uh, metal thing, it's yeah. made out of metal, yeah. um, and it has a cassette tape inside it, built inside it. Yeah, because yeah. the, the Commodore, Commodore 64 had an external <coughs> tape deck. Yes. Mm. It, was a, it was a separate unit. Yeah. So often you could, it was the one you could get the unit, but not, no one ever kept yeah. a bloody tape deck. Yeah. Basically, the one before. Anyway, so they're all blasting down the bridge. Um, now, because we lose the car, mm. we're all going to have to head down the last bit on foot. That's right. That's right. And um, we're going to have to, I think we leave somebody, some people behind. Well, the, um, the brain gets hit by another, a mine. Does he die? Yeah, I think he dies. He gets he hit dies. by a mine and dies, which yeah. leaves the girlfriend yeah. um, not wanting to leave anymore. Yeah, yeah she's because Snake says, and... "Come on, come on, get to the chopper." And um, well, Maggie, yeah, and and Maggie says, "Nah, yeah. I'm going to take out Duke." I'm going to go sandwich between the Duke. She's and saying Duke killed Brains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all the his... time we see Duke in his car herbing down the yeah, road, yeah, yeah. miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, with the chandeliers on the front. Um, and so <laughs> Snake takes off. Towards the wall, because at the end of the bridge is a 60-foot wall, yep. um, which is the other side is freedom. Mm. And she takes out what can only be described as a hand cannon, <laughs> yes. and starts to shoot at the uh, at Duke's car. Yeah, doesn't do a lot of damage, no. uh, and then gets ploughed into mm. really hard, <laughs> yes. mm. run down really hard, <laughs> and and is wedged uh, at about. 80 k's an hour with a car, a chassis of a car or something. Mm-hmm. So she's gone. She's dead. Is what happened to the Duke? Is the Duke still Duke's alive? Duke's still okay. Duke's angry. He's, 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 yeah, that just made him angry. Okay. But he's got no car left. That's right. He's got to get out. So he's got to run after Snake Blitzkin and the President. That's right. All right. And so, meanwhile, Snake and the President are up against the the final wall. And the searchlights and barbed wire, yeah. and they lower down a rope. That's right. The police are lowers down the rope. Police lower down the rope. And they put it around the President. and They lift him up. And that's just when the Duke catches up to mm-hmm. to Snake. Yep. And a fight ensues. I can't remember the fight. Was it memorable? I don't think it was particularly memorable. memorable. No. I think the the fights in the in the whole movie are pretty um, quick. It was pretty. It's a lot of like zombie arrive, punch in face, fight over. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's a bit of fight going on, but I think Duke gets the upper hand. Ah. Yes, Roddy. Right. He gets hold of the cable at one point, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, gets the upper hand, beats beats Snake, 
basically he beats him into the ground mm-hmm. and then we have the slight twist ending. <laughs> the president's come up <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, the yes. president gets a bit of a wrench because he's found a machine gun somewhere <laughs> with 300 bullets <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and he just gets up on the wall and he just like machine guns the shit out of the duke <laughs> and starts you know <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah 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 number one duke a number one eh? yeah I, I think he was slightly traumatised from torture <laughs> Yeah, it's something that Duke's hands. Yeah, and a bit of a release. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he needed that. Give him that. And then so, why? Why do they pick up? Why do don't they just leave Snake down there? That's what I could. Oh, no, I think the president had something to do with that. Yeah. weren't going to yeah. lower it, and he made yeah, yeah. him. Yeah, made him right. lower it. Yeah. So that was good. That was yeah. kind of, you know, because with mere seconds. Yes. Yeah. It's like. That's right. Down on the on the thing. That's right. And the doctor with the uh, anti venom yeah. or whatever that was there to uh, de-inject. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, he was saved. But there's one more twist. Is that? Mm-hmm. Well, the tape. So the, uh, they have the right. tape, which contains something that brings peace to the world, which I didn't understand. Yeah, there was cold fusion. They have the secret of cold fusion on the tape, That's right. and apparently giving that to your enemies during war crises, the Russians. giving that to the Russians makes world peace. So, and also the president was going to sense. play that tape. He's going to play the tape. That's right. And so I don't know. Was that like? Albert Einstein on there yeah. saying, I've invented fusion. free, <laughs> yes. add them together, put Get them in a free. beaker full of uranium <laughs> and pour it into another beaker. Um, um, I don't know what it was going to be. And there was a nice little, uh, the, the real nice part about that twist is that the music playing in Cabby's Cab yeah. um, was that. Cabby. Yeah, Vaudeville's, mm. Vaudeville's um, stuff. And that's what it turns out to be so the and then we the very last scene is, is snake walking away stripping the tape <laughs> out of it and i just was taken back to a point in my life everyone's done it that lived through that period of time had to wind back onto a tape yeah, yeah. In there and just yeah. Yeah. All back in there yeah. yeah or got the opportunity to destroy one <laughs> and you had to do it at least once you had to pull it yeah. and you're always amazed at how much fucking tape <laughs> yeah. that is on the thing um so yeah he pulled all the tape out and then and just, just snake it. just wants to see the world go down in flames does he is that why because they have a little interaction at the end him and the president president offers him something mm. and snake declines yeah he gives he... him a snake gives him a chance to show that he's a decent person mm. and ah, so he doesn't I can't remember exactly therefore the world goes yeah and then he said nah fuck you're not worth saving that's, pretty, what. that's what I got out yeah, of yeah yeah there, there is a, a moment yeah because yeah, okay. he has the tape that's right he, and the and president snake. doesn't know and then there's that moment and then he passes the tape I think mm. but he makes sure he passes the wrong, wrong, wrong one wrong one yeah so I didn't underst- I never understood what was going to be on the original tape so it was the yeah the recipe to confusion yeah think. yeah that's what I think it is which was well. somehow going to save the world somewhere I mean you, you you look around to find what's on the tape and but it wasn't said was it said in the movie that it was cold fusion I thought so I might be wrong I don't um, remember it being in the movie. I, I remember saying that it would bring peace. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was going to be part of his speech. I don't know what it was. Yeah. And, um, and what we knew was that there would be war yeah. if they didn't get the tape. Mm. Yeah. So essentially, by Snake doing what he did, guaranteed war. Yeah. no way to look at it. And that actually, knows the fuck's going on. Good. And everybody else is full of shit. And he... he 
They had this yeah. mutual. They're both badasses. You know, it's like it's like the irresistible force and the uh, you know the other irresistible the force. other irresistible force. <laughs> there was no winning on that one. Um, did, did they have words at the end? I can't remember. I think they vaguely did some sort of "You're an asshole." Well, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a sort of a conversation. Maybe we should move. We should watch those movies before we. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's, that's it. it. That's oh. Oh. okay. Um, so essentially roll credits, we've uh, we got to the end there. Um, on a, let's 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 break from tradition first. We'll we will get to our, our rating system, but how does this film rate in the Carpenter um, library? And you guys have seen probably more Carpenter films than me because I don't tend to watch The Thing and the horror movies, the, the scary yeah, I watched shit. The Fog as a teenager and it was a pretty scary thing and I might mm. watch it again. I'm not a horror film guy. I've seen Halloween. Mm. I certainly... Top there, my, my top favourite Carpenter film is... is, is uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Little China because I like the, the humorous ones and yeah. that film is, is deep on many levels and has, has, has good stuff in it. Yeah. But The Thing is awesome. Yeah, the thing yeah. is a pretty fantastic. Better than film. better than this one. I would say so. Yeah. You yeah. Would, you you agree with that? Yeah. Hello, hello. I mean, the thing is the top. Mm-hmm. I'd say Halloween and Halloween two. Um, and then probably um, Fermi Escape from Escape. New York. Over over Big Trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with Tom. Big Trouble for me is the is probably the the, the pinnacle, and then this one. Um, yeah, big thing, big trouble, um, and then this one. But mm. this one is very, very memorable. Mm. And it, I was just about to say, so many of his films are very, so mm. memorable. Mm. I think it has. He, he had a formula. Mm. The directors have formulas, um, most of them, and even the idiots yeah. have formulas. I was listening to our show the other day in the car in traffic. It was the. Um, and we have a formula? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were. It was. Up until today, we did. Yeah, we don't have a formula. Um, we we were doing Transformers. Oh yeah, the and last. We were talking about the, the Michael Bay, the Michael Bay formula, and even the idiots have a formula, and yeah. his formula just did, creates money yeah. um, as well. But um, this guy's formula, so much of it is the characters, the, mm. the actors that he, mm. he gets. He gets really cool. This mm. cast is awesome, mm. right? And Big Trouble in China, the cast was awesome, and a lot of them were unknowns. Mm. They were still memorable people mm. Mm. Um, on screen. They had screen presence and went on to do mm. other things. Um, but his formula is also about the music. He, he mm. uses these soundtracks mm. so well, and they're uh, really memorable. When how, you hear the, the, the melody from yeah. this film, you were playing it and when mm. I turned up yeah. here on a MIDI file, mm-hmm. and it's so memorable. Yeah, and Halloween, as soon as you hear that theme. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a strong part of his formula mm. as well. And it really lo- locks in to your psyche. Mm. Yeah, and uh, not a lot of films do that. You probably saw 100 films in that year, mm. and only three or four of them you will keep forever. And he always makes a few very memorable images throughout the film. Mm. Normally something to do with the main 
character here we've got the whole snake pliskin you know the, mm -hmm. the, the look the red <laughs> well just yeah. the, the eye patch the gun with the all the attachments and, yeah. Yeah. and stuff like you know, the limb after chandeliers yeah. in the thing you've got um, again it's Kurt Russell and his poncho yeah. mm. his Mexican hat and the dog's yeah. head that kind of you know the whole yeah. thing you know there's a couple of things that that everyone always talks about every time they talk about that film. Yeah, mm. and I mean the character, yeah. the, the guy that comes out and announces mm. the the ultimatum with the finger in the in the pocket. Yeah, um, that's all directed. You know, yeah. you can tell us that mm. he's put that in front of the camera yeah. deliberately. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, our rating system uh, by Borrow Burn. Where are you with this one, Dan? I'm looking over on my shelf over there to see if I can see it. Do I actually have it? Um, but it's by. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Next time I'll bring my shelf and you'll see it on. <laughs> I, I, I own the film, so yeah. Yeah. So it's universal. We we all own a copy or, or would buy if we didn't own a copy. So uh, highly recommend the uh, the film to anyone who hasn't seen it. We, you don't need to see it now because we just told you about it. Uh, but even even though we've told you about it, it's probably still worth seeing. No, you need to see it. Yeah, yeah. We only gave you a verbal. Yeah. Yeah. We verbal didn't do it justice. We no, didn't. No. We didn't do it justice. And and it. It's like it's '80s. There's no other thing, but it does. It's one of the one '80s that is done well. Yeah, classic. Yeah, I think it's 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 timeless. I think yeah. it, it definitely is fine. You could easily be entertained on a Saturday night watching yeah. this mm. um, right now. Is Escape from LA? No, no. Yeah, you don't need to go that far. I don't think. <laughs> um, okay, I just, I've got one more just before we maybe. Mm -hmm. um, what do you got? Shoot through. There is a website that has ranked by some sort of poll, Ooh, nice. it's called Empire Online, mm -hmm. um, the top 100 characters, you shouldn't look at my screen at the moment, Rick, <laughs> the top 100 characters, yep. uh, memorable characters in the world, and so the first question is, is Snake Plissken one of them? Yes. 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 Okay, so that was it. The, the real question is, what's Snake Plissken ranked as um, out of 100? I know who's number one. Ooh. Who? Darth Vader. Close, but no. Ah. Why did I say close? Actually, I only said close because Darth Vader's in it. <laughs> Sorry. You're within 100. Yeah. Uh, course, surely Darth Vader's in the top 10. <coughs> Strangely, the top three are Harrison Ford characters. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? But no, the top two, sorry. Oh, Indiana Jones. Yes, top one. Um, Sean yeah. Connery, James Bond, number two. Han Solo. Han Solo, number three. Yeah. Wow. And then it goes on. Ripley. Yep. The Joker. Uh, John McClane, the Joker, as in Who's Jack Joker? Nicholson, Joker. Uh, as in um, Heath. Heath Ledger. Yeah, 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 I'd agree that yeah. he's the best. Tyler Durden, then Darth Vader. Okay. Really? So Tyler Durden before Darth Vader. That's pretty good. Tyler Durden is not even real. So where is Snake again? Snake is twenty-nine. Okay, he deserves to be top fifty. Yeah, he's a great character. Yeah. This film made um, in today's dollars eighty-two million. Um, a of six domestic 82 million which is actuals in yay oldie 81 uh, money is 25 million so 25 million for a film like this which would have cost fuck all no six, six million six million, six million. Yeah, so four times so this is a great you know this is a big earner like a, they, a box office earner one thing that they did is that they got um they needed to have new york city and they found where was it santa 
some other Saint, American yeah, city. Yeah, yeah, St. Louis. had a massive Saint fire. St. Louis, Louis, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, big yeah, fire yeah, in the yeah. 70s. Had a big, big fire. Yeah. And so blocks and blocks and blocks of the city were just Called abandoned. Yeah. yeah, and abandoned. And the whole movie is shot inside. And they went to, they took truckloads to, to scrapyards and, and landfills. And they just loaded them with scrap and then drove them into the, into the streets and just unloaded everything. Yeah. And with the crashed plane, they bought an old, <coughs> taken, just destroyed, you know, passenger plane, mm. parts of it, cut it into three bits, and then quietly at night snuck it in there because they didn't have the permits. <laughs> 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 Brought it in at dark. And I think uh, Carpenter said that he that they filmed, they finished filming at six in the morning. He'd go to his trailer and get sleep, and he'd wake up at five in the afternoon. And they filmed. It was the, I don't know what year time of year, but it was essentially dark mm. for two and a half months. He just saw dark. He didn't see the sunlight. Yeah, I don't think there's any daylight in the film. No, it just they just filmed throughout the night. From memory, I don't think mm. there is. I think there might be one or two shots in daylight, but it's outside while they're inside. Mm. So we see some streams of light coming through cracks in windows and things like that, but we don't ever see the characters in daylight. Well, but there is 24 hours. It's a 24-hour countdown, so mm-hmm. you'd expect that half of it should be a daytime, wasn't it? Oh, well, he was an extremely gloomy day. <laughs> it's very dark. And, but he was unconscious for a period, so he yeah. might have been unconscious for that eight hours yeah, or maybe, something. Yeah. And actually, if you think about the lighting and the camera, there's mm. a bit of a challenge there because it was all filmed in the dark. Yeah. There's just, like, bonfires. and They had a very good lens that... Uh, yeah, something I, in the trivia, read yeah. they had a, a good technique in the, uh, to make to grab every scrap of light out of something. So. in the dark, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's why it's so memorable, because... Because it's it's got those those type of things um, in it, and yeah, we were going on to that's kind of how they made a small budget film look like a big budget film. Yeah, because yeah. they managed to get that location. That location, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it did have a big production value. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you and all of the matte paintings and stuff that we were talking about before, and and they didn't look too hokey. There's one or two shots no, that looked no, a bit no. iffy. But um, remember, everything's in the dark, so everything's kind of that's yeah. very helpful, right? You could get away with it. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, there's the control room was literally blinking, like a massive wall of blinking lights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. Put, why? Yeah, yeah. Why? What does that light do? <laughs> 47, 20, <laughs> yeah, no yeah. label, <laughs> yeah. all red. <laughs> yeah, it's technology, technology, yeah. technology. It means the technology is working. That's it. <laughs> all right, so that's it for another show. Whether we squeeze in one last show for the end of the year, maybe a, um, a year that was... We'll discuss that through the week, so we may return for one last show before the end of the year, um, if we if we feel in the jovial Christmas spirit. <laughs> um, but if not, we'll see you in the new year. It's uh, goodbye for me. See you. Off it is in. that would make that much.
difference. I mean, part of it's the film, but uh, because.